1: Um, some sad news to kick us off with with the passing of former Springbok coach Ian McIntosh.
0: Yeah, look, I, I was actually on the phone uh, last evening talking to uh, Matt Pearce, who's my colleague in South Africa. Mm. Um, we were just setting something up for when they're over here, and uh, he, he informed me of the passing of Ian McIntosh. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will remember him. Uh, Zimbabwean born, he was the man who was the coach of the Springboks when they Returned to New Zealand for the first time in 1994, and just uh, immediately became uh, very well regarded, very fondly regarded by everyone who dealt with him over here. Such an affable character, you know. Loved the game, um, passionate about it, but just such a lovely man to deal with. And I was fortunate enough to to get to know him pretty well over the years. Um, even when he finished coaching, he, when we used to go to South Africa and do the reunion program when we were over there with the All Blacks, he was often a guest and. I do remember one very funny uh, episode. You remember Staffy the test in uh, Durban when the bloke ran on the field and yes. um, not at the ref, <laughs> and and of course everyone was full of you know shock. This is terrible. This is a disgrace. Whatever. Well, not again, McIntosh. <laughs> we got him on the next day, and and uh, not that he condoned what. Uh, Peter Finsale actually did, but he didn't have much sympathy for the referee. He said, Look at the state of me, look what they've done to me. <laughs> you know, my hair's all falling out and it's all their fault. Um, but, you know, lovely man. And uh, um, I, you know, i would very sad to hear of his passing. I think he was in his um, mid 80s. He'd been unwell for a wee while, but, you know, he's a bloke that either is coach of the Springboks or uh, with the Sharks, he was he was very fondly regarded here in New Zealand.
1: Was he coaching the Sharks when they went to two Super Finals? I think uh, that was I his
0: period. He might have gone by then. Okay. He was certainly coaching them in the early days of Super Rugby when there were those pitched battles. I, I, to me, that in in the very early years, the first two or three years of Super Rugby, the best rivalry was actually the Blues and the Sharks. Mm. They had some monumental battles and I can remember a couple of them in particular. They played well, they played the first final, didn't they? But it was always all, all on for young and old. But I'm not sure whether Rudolph Strali might have been uh, in charge by the time that they 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 got to the finals. I really can't remember off the top of my head, Staffy, but I know he built a really strong team there and, you know, guys that everyone will remember the like, you know, Henry Honeball and Mark Andrews and Warren Brosnan and and um, um, you know just 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 know that Jubeir, um Andre Jubair they they had such a great team under him.
1: Let's have a look at uh, this weekend's Super Rugby um, kicks off tomorrow seven o'clock Crusaders Moana Pacifica who will be disappointed to their start uh, I guess that's stating the obvious.
0: Yeah, uh, they haven't won a game now since I think it was May of last year when they stunned the Brumbies at Mount Smart. And they had a great chance to win their first game of the season against the Fijian draw, but were put right at the post. And they're actually coming into this game off the back of two or three fairly heavy defeats. And it's not going to get any easier, too, because the Crusaders, although, uh, again, they're resting a few players, um, you know, we could sort of talk about that in a moment if you like, Staffy Yes, you, you please. We've sort of reached that, that that period of the season, but uh, Crusaders even st- so, um, Richie Morgan with his hundredth game coming up. I mean, they'll all want to do the right thing by him, and it, it all adds up to not very good news for the, for Minor Pacifica, who, who are going to have to play really well just to stay in the hunt. Uh, apart from you know the last couple of games, I think they've got themselves into a position in a, in, in a number of their games where they've been competitive through the first 50 or 60 minutes. But I think mean, other teams with strength off the bench and staying power, lasting power, finishing power, whatever you want to call it, they've just been run away or run over towards the end of games. And, and that's something that, that has to turn around because... Otherwise, it's just starting to look a bit bleak for them.
1: Um, fascinating match in Australia with <clears throat> the Reds and the Brumbies, uh, which is the return match. The Brumbies hosted last time. The Reds got within a try of them, and since then they've beaten the Drua, came within a whisker of beating the Rebels, and I thought played pretty well against the Crusaders last week. I think this is a pretty
0: even matchup. Yeah, I, I don't know what's gone wrong um, with with the Reds. I thought the Reds would be, you know, right in the hunt. Um, and, of course, you know, following them with a bit more interest than usual with Kane Haynes being on the, the coaching staff. And, you know, we all know how well fondly re- regarded um, Brad Thorne is this side of the Tasman. But it just hasn't really been happening for them. Um, they are just in, in the top eight, which is all you, you need to be. But not by much. They've got the Rebels and the Force. And I think the Waratahs, too, another team whose form has been quite mystifying. So uh, look, the, the Reds—they're a shot at it. I, I just think the Brumbies are just such an efficient side. Um, you know, the, the, the Reds, at least with home advantage, they, they, they've got that in their favour. But you know, to me, Brumbies—you know—they're pretty close to the top of the table. They will want to keep winning. I—I'd I, I'd say I'd, I'd have to back the Brumbies at, at, at this point. You know, third place on the table uh, against the Reds are just clinging under the, the top eight, but. To, to be honest, uh, just for, for totally personal reasons, I wouldn't mind an upset there. Yeah.
1: What about an upset in the Highlanders' Hurricanes? I did have a friend of mine who knows I support the Hurricanes to a degree he just said uh, he sees an upset here because apart from the Blues, which the Hurricanes lost, they've won all their other games, but uh, to use his words, soft teams. They've won against soft teams. Now they've got a better team. Um perhaps that could be a little bit closer than what some are um expecting.
0: Yes, it's just been that little question mark that's been hanging over the hurricanes mm. so far this season. I think they've, they've they've played really well. They've played some terrific rugby and they've done, you know, most of what you'd you would you would need them to be doing, um <clears throat> at this stage of the season. But yeah, now they start coming up against some excuse me, you? <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um they're just coming up, you know, into a um period now where they're gonna striking more of the, the, the top New Zealand sides and, and so so maybe um, we're gonna find out a little bit more about what the Hurricanes are made of over the coming weeks but I, I've got to say I, I, I really like the way they've been playing um, big loss last week Brett Cameron who had been become a, a bit of a forgotten man in New Zealand rugby he, he sort of came back and started producing the sort of form that got him into the All Blacks for that that one test up in Japan uh, but now he's injured, and so Aiden Morgan's going to play at ten. So that, that'll be that'll be a, a pretty key um, sort of area of the game. I think uh, Umanga Jensen's back. He, he's had some injuries so there could there could be some fireworks in the midfield there. That could be a, a good old clash. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't even know what an upset would be in this game, to, to be quite honest. Um, mm-hmm. Highlanders, Yeah, they've, they've come back from a really bad start. We've, they've got a few wins going. But to me, the Hurricanes have, have looked a pretty good side. I, I think this looks pretty even Stevens. to me.
1: Yeah, the next month for the Hurricanes, uh, after the Highlanders, uh, then they have the Chiefs, then the Brumbies, then they go to Fiji and take on the Drua. So, Hurricanes fans, you're in for a, a good ride. Uh, Rebels Blues, Bowden Barrett, 10 jersey. It's been a big topic of conversation across all shows on SENZ this week TJ no doubting his class no doubting his prowess I guess there's no doubting he's not where he would like to be what do we do with Bowden Barrett
0: yeah it was an interesting uh, you know topic of discussion I was actually uh, on on the breakdown program last week and and Mills Molina was was, you know came up with some some interesting thoughts on that and we've been actually talking about it um, you know before the game in, in Hamilton last week where Almost sort of looking like a guy, yes, he's playing number 10 for the Blues, but the male is that he's going to be playing 15 for the All Blacks. And he was somehow sort of almost in in a mindset stuck between the two. Hmm. I have to say, uh, I I thought too that Stephen Perfetta, when he played at Eden Park the week before at 10, I, I was really impressed with how he ran the show. And I suppose the question is, what what happens now? Does Does, does Leon McDonald at some stage? I haven't actually, uh, I haven't seen the team yet for the Blues. Um, well, I think it's just out. Um, you might have it there somewhere, Staffie. Um What the What they're going to? I'm pretty sure that uh, Stephen Petterfett is sitting this one out. So Barrett will play ten, and Zane Sullivan at fullback. So I just think this might be an opportunity for for Bowden Barrett just to just to remind people of, of his class. Um in fact yeah team, as we speak it's just, just popped up here now. So yeah, Christy Barrett, Plummer Iwani Talia Clark, Sullivan. That's that's a strong back line. That oh, is a strong back line. Um and yeah, Patty Tuipalotu back starting at lock two, Papa Lee back in the side, second at eight. Yeah, so look it, it it's a it's an important game. This the rebels to me are probably a little bit better than their or potentially better than their record suggests. So this is just the sort of game where where Bowden Barrett just could do with just just stepping up and, and reminding everyone of, of what a world class player he is.
1: Um, and last thing, TJ, I don't know whether you heard the news that came out a few hours ago. Sarah Hiddeny is off on a sabbatical to play a sevens mini series in Japan for three months. Won't interfere with her Black Fern sevens commitments. I think this is good for women's rugby.
0: Yeah, when when things are popping up around the world that are able to attract players to change countries and what have you, it means that there's obviously a bit of, you know, um, reward in it for her. And I also think that at this stage of her career, she's been fantastically loyal to New Zealand rugby. She has, to me, she has been the player above all players, probably since uh, the, old, um, the part departed the scene as a player. Mm. To me, she's been the, the, the great standard setter in terms of, you know, just her, her commitment, her physical preparation, uh, the way she thinks about the game, all of those things. Um, and, and, you know, if so, doing something like this keeps her in, in that New Zealand black jersey for, for a little while longer. I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, boy, boy they, they're playing so well, uh, that, or both the New Zealand Sevens team, but I, I just thought the the women, the, the way they went through that tournament and finished off, Uh, with a a really good win over Australia in the final in Hong Kong. Uh, To me, um, they've been New Zealand's probably... (laughs) New Zealand's best rugby team in the last few years.
1: Mm, I'm with you there. I also saw a photo of uh, Karis Dellinger, who played, played first five for two and the Hurricanes Power turned out for Queensland in Super Rugby W in Australia in the weekend, which is great. And the, and the news too, uh, TJ, a 21 $22 million investment in women's rugby in New Zealand. Uh, it's another good sign
0: well yeah it has to be because although we've been talking about super rugby opk being a professional competition it isn't really it's still a part time competition uh, you can't call it professional when the teams only get together for training on thursday so there's still a, a you know a lot of work to be done i mean the good news is is that uh, women girls you know younger players are being attracted to the game like never before and so they have to have all the things in place to capitalize on that But I also think, too, this this helps us, this takes a step nearer to where we really need to be, which is uh, a proper Super Rugby uh, Pacific uh, set up for the women, um, involving Australia, certainly involving Fiji, and by the sound of it, you know, some resources going into Japan, well, who knows? Um, Because to me, that's the axis that I think we've got to look to going ahead, you know, with um, South Africa more aligned to Europe, although you know, they're definitely not going to be part of the six nations in the future. But I, I do think New Zealand, Australia, Japan, I, I, to me, that that that's the strategic direction that that we should all be working towards. Um, and and you know. It, this is just a, this investment in women's rugby has just got to be a, a, another positive, and, and takes them closer to being actually a, a, a properly professional game rather than one just in name only. Mm.
1: Brilliant, TJ. Uh, I hope you enjoy the Easter. Are, are you a fan, a viewer, a follower of the Masters?
0: I will be watching absolutely. I'm going to Christchurch. I'm doing uh, Crusaders, Moana, uh, Pacifica um, Friday night and I've been abandoned by my family. Uh, they have taken off for Easter without me, and so I will return, and you know where I will be uh, on Sunday and Monday mornings in, in particular. I love it, and I love the way the whole thing is presented. Oh. They haven't changed a lot of it. It's still, you have that lovely sort of lilting music, the, 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 the shots, those beautiful picturesque shots of all those, um, you know, the, the water, which is all... You know, got blue dye on it and the grass, which has been spray-painted green just to make it all look good. But, no, nah, love it. Brilliant. All right, TJ. I wouldn't mind it being at that dinner, Staffy, Oh the, the, the champion's dinner. Fly apparently on the wall. everyone was on their best behaviour, even though uh, Phil Mickelson was there and some of the other uh, re- rebellious ones. Rory McElroy wasn't. So I, I suggest that might have taken a you know the, the, the fuse out of the, the box of fireworks
1: <laughs> awesome buddy uh, enjoy the weekend thank you so much for your time on a thursday right. as always